Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Slasher Scotty. I am your host, Scotty McCoy, and boy, do I have a surprise for all of you. I have on Zoom with me right now, Jason Bradford, and he played Troy Elke in 13 Fanboy. Hey, Jason, how are you doing? I am good, Slasher Scotty. How are you? I am doing great. I'm glad to have you on. I watched uh, 13 Fanboy um, on Halloween, and I really enjoyed it. It's a perfect day for it. What did you Absolutely. think? You, what was your favorite part of the movie? What was your, did you enjoy the most? I like, I, I like the twist ending. I really like the twist ending. Yes, that was, that was pretty, uh, pretty wild. Surprising. I didn't it. Yes, it was a nice, nice, uh, unforeseen twist. Deborah's yes. all about twists and turns and, and, uh, surprising things. Yes, I did not expect that. Um, and Debbie Sue Voorhees did an amazing job uh, putting yes. it together. So I'm very glad that uh, this was this was a nice treat, a nice tribute for the Friday the 13th fans. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, so the first question I got for you is, how did you get your start into acting? Um, well, I, I lived probably about 20 years ago. Uh, I lived in Livonia, Michigan, and there was a production team um a married couple by the name of Tommy and Todd Brunswick with Crossbow Entertainment. Mm -hmm. um, and I was friends with one of their screenwriters and he told me, hey, we're looking for extras. Why don't you come show up, be on the set? And uh, they did a close-up of me and I had a reaction shot and mm -hmm. it, was, it was all pretty exciting. Nice. Um, I uh, interviewed with them to be part of their next project called The Remake, which it didn't happen. I couldn't get the time off of work. Mm -hmm. So, but that's, that's how, and then I've always had the bug. I took theater in college for a couple semesters and, um, and then I just, you know, on Facebook got involved with Deborah's group and, um, she announced 13 fanboy and there was a lot of possibilities, uh, with that for the fans to be involved. So, right. So, uh, for those unaware, uh, what is 13 fanboy about? Can you give us a brief synopsis about it? Yeah. 13 fanboy is about, a a kid who grows up in a basement, his parents are very, um, I'll just say they're not very good parents. They pretty much neglect him and um, lock him in a basement. And all he has are his movies, Friday the 13th and, and Halloween and other, other um, horror films. And that's all he has. So that's his world. That's his life. And he thinks it's, it's real that these cast members are his friends. <laughs> so growing up, Flash, flash forward so many years, uh, he truly believes they're his friends. And when he isn't getting the, the friendship that he wants from them, he mm -hmm. reacts in a very unfavorable way. Um, yeah. He stalks them and he dispatches of them in very um, interesting ways. And anybody who gets in his way also gets, gets a gruesome ending. Yeah, exactly. And it's a very... Uh, real like that's what makes it scary like with Halloween it's real yes. because anybody can yes. just stalk you and watch your every move and then kill you and the same thing yes. with this like you can get those those real fans like Adrian King got that already she got this treatment yes. and she was supposed to be in this project and she dropped yeah, out because it was, it was so real it, it was too scary for her to relive you know um, mm -hmm. and, and you get that a lot a lot of the cast members actually have had real life experiences with some crazed fans some stalkers um la park lincoln mm -hmm. had one um for months she was tormented by the stalker and she didn't know who he was and come to find out he had been living in her attic oh my God. and 
she was shot at and um, Judy Aronson was stalked. And wow. um, I know um, Danielle Harris, who's not in 13 Fanboy, she's she's been stalked. A lot of horror icons have to <laughs> live with this and it's dangerously scary. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually it was the, the, the inspiration for 13 Fanboy was an experience that Deborah herself had. Wow. Yeah. Crazy, crazy, crazy. It's it's really insane how far people actually take things like this. Like, what do you think the end game is going to be that they're going to be like, oh, I'll sign you anything you have. Like, what do you think the end game for this is going to be? It's not going to end well for the stalker. No, not. And the question is, is it going to end well for the stalker in this movie or is it going to continue on into a franchise? Right. A trilogy. Will there be different stalkers, different plots different cast members different mm-hmm. different franchises that are involved in this mm-hmm. i was kidding around with with deborah and i said why don't you do a halloween a halloween knockoff or not a knockoff but a, a halloween inspired fanboy call it 31 fanboy nice. <laughs> flip it that'd be <laughs> awesome daniel harris involved and maybe who knows jamie Lee curtis if we could get that budget i know she'd be really expensive though so yeah like, that would be awesome but daniel harris maybe why not yeah, PJ Souls, Nancy PJ Loomis, Souls, yes. Nancy Keys. Yeah, yes, that'd be Sandy. awesome. Yeah, that would be fun. That would be actually pretty cool. I actually really yeah. like that idea. <laughs> so, how did you happen to become part of Thirteen Fanboy? Well, I started just doing a lot of promoting and sharing for Deborah, and I got more people involved when we created a team. And I just, I became her director of public relations. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was fun. Um, I, I was a creative consultant for Thirteen Fanboy, so I got to be very involved early on with a lot of with a lot of things and a lot of feedback and um, conversations um and i was on my way I'll, I'll never forget where i was the day deborah asked me if i wanted to be a security guard um she says hey actually when I, I read the screenplay early on and just getting around with her i said hey there's this two two uh characters in and uh uh tracy savage's scene because part three is my favorite so i thought if i could be in a scene with with Tracy Savage, how awesome would that be? So just fooling around with Deborah on a conversation, I said, if you ever look, if you ever need anyone who who um, you'd be interested to play your security guard or your janitor, let me know. I would love to be either one of them just so I could be in Tracy's scene. And we laughed about it. <laughs> and then about three or four months later, I was on my way to the doctor's office. I'm sitting in my doctor's parking lot and I'm talking to her on the phone. She goes, so how would you like to be the security guard? <laughs> uh, I'm like, um, yeah, <laughs> that would be awesome. <laughs> Um, so I would get a list of, of names that I could be the security guard named after and Troy Elke was on there and he's a friend of mine. I thought, man, I would be so honored to be able to have Troy's name on my costume for this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, so she's, yeah, Troy Elke is a good one. So it, it just went from there. That's um, awesome. about a, about a week before we filmed though, there was, I had really long hair at the time and Deborah wanted me to, to like really sh- shave my hair short. And I said, look, I've been taking pills and I've been growing my hair out. And I said, this, what if I just got a hat and wore a security hat? She said, okay, yeah, that's fine. <laughs> so of course on set, Nora's like, no, you can't wear a hat because you're going to get, you're going to get killed in a way that you can't have a hat on. And, uh, and, and at one point Deborah says, would you want to play, do you want to play the, the janitor? And uh, I said, no, I'll, I'll, we'll see what happens. And I, I ended up keeping the security guard and, yeah. and I, and I'm glad I did because it was a really fun experience. Mm-hmm. And I, I, Deborah posed me in a certain way, and I had to lay like that for a really long time. And um, working with Nora and, and Deborah and, and Rich and everyone that was on this, Rich is Deborah's husband, but everyone that was on the set that day, it was it was really unforgettable. And I ramble, <laughs> but it was it was a really fun experience. Um, 
I was cleaning blood out of my ear for probably two weeks after that. <laughs> uh, I, I don't like anything in my ear. And when Deborah told Nora, pour more blood in his ear, I thought, oh, shit <laughs> i had to just lay there and take it <laughs> like a good dance. oh boy that's funny yeah and uh, yeah Troy he's good people i really love Troy yeah, he's, he's yes, a great guy yes, yes yeah he's a great guy and i mean the name alone is is iconic i love that name Troy Elke, you know yes yes i know a lot of a lot of people butcher it i've heard him called oliek <laughs> Troy, Troy Elk. and i'm like i i I talked to him one day. I'm like, tell me specifically, how do you pronounce your last name? And he says, elk with an E at the end. I'm like, okay, that's easy to remember. So yep. there you go. There you go. He's a good guy. And I add him on my good show. Guy. Very, very talented. He does do a voiceover in 13 Fanboy as well. Nice, nice. When Kelsey runs into her, um, it's at, just after the convention scene when Kelsey's in her hotel room and the picture slides under the door and she calls security. The voice on the phone is Troy. Oh, nice. Yes. Nice. Yeah, I, I had Troy on my show. He's actually my longest interview at two, two yeah, hours, nice. two and a half hours. Two and a half. Nice. Yeah, nice. We, we talked about every single Friday yeah. the 13th movie and every theory he has for every single plot line. Yes, I saw him do a, do an interview once and where he said that his, and this was years ago, this was before, I believe before 13 Fanboy. Mm-hmm. He said he said in the interview that his dream was to be directed by Deborah Voorhees. Oh, nice. And I thought um, when he got the voiceover part in it, I thought, Oh, he got to be directed by Deborah Voorhees. Yeah. Because, of course, you know, even though it was a voiceover, she still directed him on how to deliver the lines and what lines to say and right. how to say it. I had voiceover in the movie, too, playing Kelsey's um, agent. It didn't make the final cut, but that was a fun experience, too, recording the lines and sending them over and stuff. Yeah. I did see it in their original cut um, when we were mm-hmm. going over um, notes and stuff like that. So that was nice. that was thrilling, but... I play Jason Morgies. How fucking cool is that? I'm sorry. My mouth, <laughs> fine, I, I have a Damon Lee Curtis mouth. I'm sorry. I try not you're to. fine. You're fine. <laughs> <laughs> How cool is that? I, I play Jason Morgies in 13 Family. Absolutely. It's in writing. It's permanent. It's there forever. <laughs> Absolutely. Exactly. So what was the best part about filming 13 Fanboy? And what was the worst? The best part that I remember was meeting, meeting the celebrities that I have admired for so long. Um, mm-hmm. My first starstruck moment was we were filming Corey Feldman's scene and I didn't know and I, I I knew the whole cast I knew I knew this movie inside and out when we went to New Mexico I thought I did anyway and <laughs> I'm sitting there in the door we're in the police station we're filming the police um, scenes and the door opens and Deborah Sullivan walks in from Secret Santa and um, mm-hmm. I looked over at the production assistant that was sitting up and I go I said Oh my God, Deborah Sullivan just walked through the door. I had no idea she was gonna be here. I kind of panicked and got that that starstruck. Um, don't say anything stupid mm-hmm. out in my head because I didn't want to appear stupid. But probably about an hour into the into the day after she arrived, I just looked at her and said, "You know, I love Secret Santa." And before I knew it, she's like, "Hey, can I can I take take your picture with me?" So she asked me for that picture. That nice. that was my first unforgettable great moment um, on the cackle queen. Cackle Queen, yes. And my second favorite is Jennifer Banco. Nice. She was amazing. We spent hours and hours on the road. And um, one day after shooting, it was probably about one o'clock. We finished. And I did transportation, so I was taking her back to her hotel. Nice. I got lost. I was in New Mexico with a broken GPS. And I'm from Detroit, so I have no idea where I'm at. (laughs) And I have Jennifer Banco and my Jeep with me. And we're just driving around probably about a good hour and a half before I'm like, oh, this is familiar. 
I think I know where I'm at. And I finally got her to her hotel, but we, we were lost in New Mexico. So that was a, nice. that was fun. Nice. A good memory. Nice. I have a, actually a, a true story about Jennifer Bonko. Um, so um, my parents, uh, before my dad, he, he, he passed away back in August. Actually, it was it's uh, three months today, actually, that he passed. Um, but uh, he um, passed away. Uh, but he, and this, is, this is a year before he was diagnosed with brain cancer. Um, like this is probably like six years ago. So here, uh, they went to. No, you're fine. I'm sorry. I'm just going to put dog out of the room. Sorry. That's fine. Good. Sorry, I have some yeah. roofers here, and I think they're finishing up. So it's just <laughs> not a problem. Not a problem. So my parents, they went. They went to Hawaii with uh, my aunt um, and uh, family and some family friends, and uh, they and uh, she lived. She was working and living in Hawaii at the time. I believe she was working at the Rock Hard, uh, Rock Hard Cafe. Um, and uh, my and I messaged her on my Facebook, and I'm like, Hey Jennifer, um, I know you don't really know me, but my parents are in Hawaii. I was wondering if you would be able to get a picture with them for me because I'm not going. I'm not in Hawaii. I have to dox it. So I was wondering if you can uh, get a picture of my parents. She messaged me right back. She's like, Absolutely, I would love to. Um, I work this day, this day, this day, this time, this time, this time on these days um, at the rock, at the Hard Rock Cafe. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, they got a picture with her and everything and they sent me it. And then, um, I got a phone call from my dad and, uh, I'm like, Hey dad, how was, how, um, how was it meeting her? She's like, this isn't your dad. <laughs> I'm like, Jennifer, <laughs> she's yeah. like, you got it. Nice. She is so sweet and funny. She yeah. is. She was the funniest person there. I believe today is her birthday. So happy birthday, Jennifer, if you want. Oh, nice. Nice. That's awesome. Yeah. And uh, I've been trying to get her on my uh, show for a while now. I know uh, things haven't been working out yet uh, with timing and scheduling and everything. And I've been booked up, you know, all this month and starting to book up next month. So I usually book really advanced. I'm trying to get her on. I just booked, uh, I I had a squeeze in Susan, Susan Blue also from part seven. Wonderful. Yes. Yeah. So I just squeezed her in for Thursday. I had a, I I found a time slot that's really slim with an interview that's like an hour after that so so but yeah it's, but she's a very nice very nice lady and she did, had an amazing part in 13 fanboy as well and yeah, i actually you know i i thought she did a good job so uh, yeah um i was watching her perform um i don't want to give anything away but i'll, I'll right. say her damsel in distress moment mm-hmm. you know what i'm talking about yeah i almost let it slip <laughs> yeah <laughs> Um, but yeah, just watching her perform, I remember just turning to someone, looking at them and saying, how does she do that? Yeah. Why does she make it look so believable when, when, when it's not? And it's, it was, it was great watching her work. Yeah, absolutely. And she, she's, she's, she's very talented. She was obviously in Texas Chainsaw Massacre, I believe the third one. Um, and she was in, uh, huh? Barbed wire. Yep. Yep. And she was obviously in uh, part seven. She had a small role in uh, a Friday 13th. She had a small role in uh, Married with Children. So very yes, talented the actor. Girl Scout, the Girl Scout cookie. <laughs> yeah. Selling cookies. I don't think she was a Girl Scout. I think she was a knockoff. Yeah, um, I think so. <laughs> that was yeah, funny. Was good. That was I, think, funny. I think she had said something in an interview once. Um, and I, this might have been a conversation we had when we were on the road. I, I don't remember. We talked about mm-hmm. a lot of stuff, but. She had mentioned the um, Married with Children and how she had filmed a, a scene that got cut from her original episode. But the the producer and the you know the the casting people liked her so much they asked her to come back and play that. Nice. Yeah. 
So nice. for another episode. So I believe that's how the story went. That's awesome. That's awesome. So obviously, uh, you know, we know that Debbie Suvorhees, uh, she had a small role in the 13 fanboy and she also directed it. So how was she as a director? She, I, I, I use the word choreographed a lot with her. Um, she would choreograph her scenes. She was very detailed with how mm-hmm. she wanted it set up and performed. And it was so, it was, I learned so much watching her. Um, she was really inspirational to see how the, the process played out from the beginning to the end. And, and it's funny you say she had a little, a little part in this. Uh, and and I all I could think of was oh my god she had a monumental part. <laughs> yeah, She's, her her scene in the movie is is it's kind of I call it the the, um, the Drew Barrymore. Yep. Scene. Um, but she she we would work sixteen hour days. We'd have to be on set sometimes at like three or four in the morning, and we'd have to drive an hour to get there. So we would be we'd be up like one thirty in the morning to travel to a different yeah. location to shoot, yep. and then we'd have to drive back, and we would be up for like sixteen hour days. And we would go crash for you know five six hours, but she would stay awake and she would continue to work, planning for the next day and doing what she had to do to end the day yeah. that we thought. She would literally work twenty hour days, twenty one. She would sleep two to three hours a night for three weeks straight. So she, she this this was just a July shoot. So I, I would imagine she did it again during the January shoot. So she she really talked about putting blood, sweat, and tears into it. She was yeah, just, yeah she put all her energy into mm-hmm. this. And it's her baby, so I don't blame her. You know what I mean? Baby. Like, it, like she she was making a movie, and it pay, it definitely shows all that hard work paid off. Yes, it did, and we're we're hoping for a sibling to her baby soon. Yeah, absolutely. We should uh, we should throw like I, I really like that idea. Thirty one fanboy, I like that. <laughs> we need to get her to do that. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. So, um, do you have any like other interesting or memorable stories about your time on set? Yeah, there was um when we were filming um tracy's scene mm-hmm. uh, um uh, how do i say this without any spoilers um tracy maybe i shouldn't go into this one yeah i'm gonna back out of this i don't know how to say it without without spoilers but I'll, I'll tell you personally after the interview okay um but there was there was another good good scene when we were shooting jimmy the janitor scene and mm-hmm. nora hewitt had the um compressor the air compressor so filled with blood and that was turned up so high that when vincent um did what he had to do with Mm -hmm. i'll just say the mop handle viewers can use their imagination from that um but he counted three says all right i'm gonna put the the mop handle up um through where he had to put it in the head three had to do the the compressor of blood and it shot so high when we filmed this in the college in the college hallway uh, and Ruidoso, and it shot so high, it hit the ceiling. Wow. And now you're talking about college ceilings that are like really high up there. Yeah. And it was, it, it was um quite the adventure getting it clean. Whew. And that, I'll tell you what, blood, blood does not come easily off of any surface, whether it be carpet oh. or hard floor when it's not, when we're talking that that $5 red gallon blood from Walmart for Halloween, this was Nora's private recipe and it flowed and it looked like real blood. Right. You told me the ingredients in it. And I was like, really, that's what you make that out of? I would never would have guessed it. In wow. Years. Nice. Yeah. With our indie films, I, I'm sure it's way different than hers. We may, we, sometimes we use a dishwashing liquid mm-hmm. and uh, other times we'll use just uh, red gelatin and, uh, and corn syrup. 
Yeah, you know, that's that kind of blood you want to put in your mouth. <laughs> yep, yep. I, I know that uh, when we filmed our first movie, uh, Samhain, um, when we used, um, when w- one of the actors had to have, uh, he had to get a knife up through his throat and out through his mouth. And yeah, nice. he, we, when we put the blood in, it was the dishwashing blood. And yeah, he, yeah he's gagging on it. He's like, he, he was really gagging on it. And after, because it was like that nasty, that aftertaste, that taste yes. dish detergent and then he and, and then like after we finished the scene and everything he went to the bush and he started throwing it up because oh it was so yeah nasty. that doesn't sound pleasant at all oh, <laughs> no why didn't you use a gelatin and corn syrup for him was it <laughs> yep <laughs> maybe we didn't like him oh <laughs> well, yeah i know right i'll show that i'll show that asshole here take take the don just so <laughs> exactly we, we start uh, that was actually before we started to move into the gelatin when he told us how bad the aftertaste was we we're like yeah let's stick with the gelatin let's go to yeah. the gelatin and the and the red dye and the corn syrup and make that work <laughs> that, that was that was the way that had to go um so for those that want to see 13 fanboy where can they go and see this movie and watch it they can go i have it on voodoo it's also on amazon um you can get it from xbox um, Peacock, um, oh man, um, Comcast, Xfinity, I think has it on their, on their, um, their platform. Mm-hmm. Um, there's several, uh, I'll shoot, I'll shoot you over if you want. You can right. Yep. Absolutely. I know. I, I, I got it on Amazon prime and, uh, you can either yeah. rent or buy it on there. I recommend buying it because it's not that much more money to buy it right. and you have it for life. You don't yeah. have, you don't have like 30 days to watch it. Once you start it, you got 48 hours. And here's a, here's a good point. If you're, if you're gung ho on strictly on the Friday the 13th, because of whether it be Jason or, or the music or, or the, the scenery or whatever. And if you watch 13 fanboy, realize that no matter what you think of 13 fanboy, it's a complimentary piece to the Friday the 13th franchise. Mm-hmm. So it would really be a shame not to own it. Yeah. Regardless. Yeah, absolutely. To tie into that franchise and it, it complements it so well. Completely agree. Completely agree. So the last question I got for you is, do you have any other projects in the works that you would like to promote to the listening and viewing audience? I do actually have a few things in the works. Nice. Um, uh, I wrote a, a short script called Bitch. It's your ordinary everyday love story between man and his werewolf. And um, that's, that will be um, made into a graphic novel. Nice. Um, I, I wrote another uh, another uh, short script called Who Is It? Um, nice. And Bitch as well has been getting some very good uh, attention from the convention's um, finalist status at Shriekfest to both of those. So that was, that was really exciting. Um, uh, I'll be submitting Who Is It and another short that I wrote called Lavinia mm-hmm. to um, a new filmmaking company that, that I just learned about today. He asked, actually asked me to send it to him. So nice. uh, I'll be sending it. I'll be sending it out and see where that goes. Nice. So it's exciting. I'm working on another one right now called In the Shadow of the Vampire. Mm-hmm. Um, I like lots of twists and turns and surprise endings. I always call yeah. a surprise ending the Saw ending because, you know, remember when the first time yep. you saw the yep. original Saw and, and he stood up at the end? I love mm-hmm. that kind of ending. So I'm hoping for that kind of ending with In the Shadow of the Vampire. So. Nice. Nice. Awesome. Well, I thank you so much, Jason, for joining me. Thank you for having me. Yep. Not a problem. You have a great rest of your day. Thank you. You too. All right. Thanks. Bye. All right.